What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
here from Grunball. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. With us on the line, we got the freckle. Goes by the name of Mitchell Oldenburg. Mitchell, how's it going? It's going great. Um, yeah, just some some exciting some exciting weeks have been happening. No kidding, my friend. Star Racing Yamahas. Mitchell Oldenburg, I know you love the sound of that, especially after calling up good friend Will Hahn, who is now your team manager and a bit of a softie as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it's been crazy, but uh, exciting and good. I feel like it's. Uh, I feel like I belong here. You know, I've like like you said, Will's one of my good friends. I've known him for for ten years, and for half of those years, I lived a mile away from him. So, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. I'm excited to be working with Will and and the whole Star team, and just uh, looking forward to to getting to work. Absolutely, and you, and of course, you know that they uh, they do develop a beautiful motorcycle over there. It's proven motorcycle. It's won championships both indoors and out. Um, have you gotten an opportunity to uh, throw a leg over the blue machine yet? Uh, I know this is a super new deal. It only got announced. Uh, I guess it was the Sunday after, or maybe it was the day of Monster Cup. Uh, like, uh, how much time do you have on a blue machine, or did you just go out and get a a, a, a YZ? 125 and just start riding that no actually uh today was my first day so uh we went out to milestone and just rode some outdoors to kind of get adjusted to it and uh honestly i was kind of kind of blown away um things fast and it handles really well so i didn't have any issues getting adjusted and um tomorrow i'll get on the supercross track and we'll get to work on that but uh yeah first impressions i was i was pretty shocked at how well how well I, I was able to adjust and, and we really didn't have to make any major changes. It was, uh, it was a pretty easy, smooth sailing uh, adjustment. Well, that, that's always good to hear. And, and like, uh, like you want to have, you want to feel comfortable right away. I think honestly, when it comes to racing, if you guys can think of going, of doing nothing but just going fast on a motorcycle, that's when you guys are at your best. Do you feel like that's going to be something that you're going to be able to achieve quickly with Yamaha? And, uh, and like, as far as any making any adjustments, are you the kind of guy that knows where to go with a motorcycle, or do you usually need some help? Yeah, for I think. Uh... I think I'm pretty pretty good at knowing um, knowing what we need to do and and what we can do to accomplish what I want the bike to feel like. Um, I feel like doing the whole privateer thing for a couple of years helped me out really well with with knowing what I like and and what I don't like. And it was kind of up to me to figure out, you know, what we could change. Um, obviously, being a privateer for that those years, like you don't have the resources that the factories do. So you're limited on what you can change and can't change. So, um, 
but for the most part, I, I feel like I'm I'm fairly good at, at setting a bike up. You know, I, as as long as I'm comfortable. But I, I'm also I don't feel like I'm that picky of a rider. Um, I feel like I can adapt very well and and kind of just go with the flow of things. And and obviously, I think with that, you kind of have to understand that you know you can't get the bike to work perfect everywhere. You know, there's there's gonna be some corners like if you can make the bike work perfect on 90 95% of the track that's good enough for me I can I can deal with that other 5% or 10% where it's just a corner here and there I can I can figure something out on my end as far as changing lines or, or just trying something different um with that so I I don't know I feel I feel I'm pretty good at it uh but like I said this today being my first day it was so comfortable right away I don't feel like we're going to have to make too many adjustments to begin with so that's real comforting and and uh yeah for me it's just getting myself ready and and getting the fitness there and the speed there and then everything else will come as it as it comes well that's good to hear and honestly uh and it's great to finally talk to you again my friend the last time we talked was honestly uh actually I think I might have had you on the podcast during the, the West Coast but I, the last time we talked in person a you were in a sling b you were uh your your face was so long it just about hit the floor you had recently broke a collarbone uh and then honestly and uh, this is the, this is the craziest thing man uh Mitchell Oldenburg disappeared you 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 went silent. You were off the grid. No one was talking. <laughs> Mitchell Oldenburg, um, like Steve Masses, wasn't even thinking about having you on a show because like no one was talking about you. You didn't win any races. It was like you didn't exist. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're back. And it was the craziest thing. Um, it, it was it was very odd that you basically, as an athlete and someone that anybody wanted to talk to in the media, just disappeared for about six months yeah i mean it was uh it was it was a it was actually a really good year um you know the injuries are part of the sport and and i think it's a good time to to take advantage of the the position you've been put in and not think obviously with the the crash at san diego it was it was a real bummer i mean i feel like i had my best off season i feel like i came in prepared and i was ready to go and ready to fight and uh to be knocked out that quick was just, it was a huge bummer and disappointment. And I was doing everything I could to get back to racing as soon as possible. And, um, you know, I was hoping to make some races before, before it went to the East coast, but it, it just didn't, didn't work out with, with the team. Didn't think it was the smartest thing to do. And, and looking back, I feel like we made the right call on making sure my collarbone was good to go. And then, you know, coming back racing at Seattle, I was, I was there to, to fight and, and to get on that podium. That was my goal from, from day one this year. And, and to, to accomplish that right away was just a big stress relief, but to back it up again, the next weekend in, in Salt Lake and get second was like, okay, now we're, we're there. We just need to, to put it all together and stay healthy. But, uh, yeah, like you said, the, the injuries suck. I mean, everyone deals with it it's part of it and i think it's it was a good learning year for me i i feel like i came in fired up and and ready to go and i just i got too excited and i let my excitement get the best of me and and ended up on the ground because of it so um just moving forward from that is you know learning from it and and being able to calm myself down before these races coming up this year and 
and really just focus on myself. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm here to fight, and I'm I'm here to to give it everything I've got, and and uh, I'm thinking. I'm thinking it'll come, you know, I'm, I'm willing to fight. I'm not scared to work. And, and it's just a matter of time in my eyes that when we can be at the top, you know, it might not be this year or this, you know, two years or whatever it is, but I'm going to give it everything I got. And, and if I give it everything I got, I don't see why I can't be winning races. But, um, but for now it's just, uh, just putting the work in and, uh, and getting to where we need to be. For sure. I think that uh, when it comes to Mitchell Oldenburg, I think there's, uh, as far as fans go and people that watch the sport, I think that there's a lot of people who understand that there's a lot of untapped potential, even uh, within you, even though you've achieved a lot of uh, things that many racers may never even get to. I think that there's, uh, there's a whole lot left in the tank and, uh, and I think there's, there's good days ahead for you. Um, that being said, um, like what makes you believe that there are better, uh, days ahead and there's there's uh there's championships to be won or races to be won uh within your potential i mean i just i just look at look back at where i came from you know my my first year as a privateer i didn't didn't know what was going to happen um but at the same time i expected myself to make mains and i expected myself to to do good and i feel like as a privateer coming in basically blind and not knowing what to expect. I feel like I did very well in Supercross, but then again, outdoors, you know, I raced six races and I made nine points. And looking back, like that's that's pathetic. And uh you know, every year I've just progressed so much and I feel like if I can just keep progressing like that, we're we're gonna get there eventually. So it, for me it's just kind of looking back at where we where we came from and where we started and it's 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 honestly unbelievable to think about. Um, uh, there's not many people who have who have been privateers and, and grinded through it and, and made it to the level that I'm at, and I'm I'm blessed for it, and I'm I'm extremely thankful for everything and everybody who's helped me get to where I am, and and I just I, I'm willing to work, and I'm I feel like I'm just getting started. Like I I feel like I got you know many years left in the tank and, and I'm still young and I'm still hungry and, uh, yeah, we'll just keep working and, and keep fighting and, you know, we'll get there. No kidding, man. You came out of all places of Minnesota. Like <laughs> that, that is like, the, there's only one guy that's come out of there and you got plucked out rather early and plugged into some pretty solid programming. You were from Minnesota. Like, yeah. <laughs> like straight up, man. Like that. Like I, yeah. I remember watching you on a sixty or a sixty. I guess it was a sixty-five. But either way, you were ripping, hauling ass. Most likely going faster than I was on a KX one twenty-five. But <laughs> uh, the the reality is is that uh, you you've got a long off season ahead of you. I think a full bill of health and a super fast uh, race bike to put some time on. Any chance that while Colt Nichols is at Robbie Raynard's uh, wedding this weekend, you break out the Yamaha YZ252 stroke for a couple of laps with a 31 machine on it? (laughs) Uh, Those chances are probably pretty slim. I I would like to, but I feel like I kind of got a a later start than I'd like to getting going for this season. And, um, we, you know, we got some work to do, uh, especially with not racing all summer. I kind of had 
I kind of had my off season this summer and and uh, or my off time this summer. So now it's time to get get to work. I'm hungry and I'm I'm ready to to start suffering honestly. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just ready to go. I I can't wait to go racing. But but first I need to get myself where I need to be and and where I can, where I can you know put in solid motos and, and be strong throughout and and be ready for for Anaheim one that's that's what I'm looking forward to and that's really all that's on my mind right now is is just getting ready to go so yeah for me I'm I'm just ready to get to work it's it's been uh, a long time off I'm sick of watching races and uh I'm ready to line up behind that gate so saying that if Wilbur Hahn comes up to you in uh in, in about two to six weeks or so and 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 says hey man uh i I hate to do this to you but we're gonna have you on the east coast do you just rip him limb from limb or like take his braces off one at a time like uh, like, what do you what do you say to 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 will ill will if uh um if he says you got to wait another six weeks uh i mean it is what it is i've kind of already told the team that i'm good with whatever they decide i i don't really care uh west or east coast i feel like they're i mean it's racing uh at the end of the day and obviously i'll my goal is to be racing anaheim one but if they don't think i'm ready then then i'm not ready and and we'll just put some more work in and i don't i either way it'll be good for me i think um i'm just treating it like i'm racing anaheim one and and if we go racing we go racing if not then we'll just keep putting work in and get ready for east coast but um Definitely, like I said, I've, like I'm, I'm sick of watching races. So um, my whole goal is to be racing West Coast and, and race Anaheim one. But like I said, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen either way. I, I'm going to be ready to go racing and and basically stay healthy. That's that's the main goal at this point is to stay healthy and, and be consistent and, and uh, conservative with my riding, but also fast. So um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, We'll uh, we'll be ready either way. Awesome, man. And I think one of the guys that is going to have a lot to say about that is the team trainer from uh, Rockstar Energy Yamaha Star Racing, uh, Gareth Swanepoel. I I believe he's still the team trainer. If so, uh, have you started working with him yet? Have you been in contact with him? Uh, And what do you think that he can bring to your program to bring uh, uh, some even more fitness to a pretty fit individual, if you don't say so myself? Yeah, uh, you know, he, he's still the trainer, and actually uh, today was my first real day working with him. Uh, I did some fitness testing yesterday. Um, so right we're kind of just getting no, – no, actually, <laughs> my fitness test went really well. So I, nice. I was pretty surprised by it, um, especially being I haven't really been riding or racing all summer. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just excited to kind of see how, how the programs differ and – from from working with Tyla and and Swanee and and kind of figuring out what works for me, you know, I, I was very happy with Tyla and you know he helped me out a bunch. He he got me to where I am today. And uh, basically, I didn't know what a program was until I started working with Tyla. So, um, you know, they're really good friends, and I feel like uh, the programs are very similar. So. Um, Right now, it's just kind of fine-tuning some things and figuring out, you know, what works for me, what doesn't work for me, and and kind of getting that stuff situated, and and then you know, putting in the work is up to me. So, you know, they can only tell me what to do, but at the end of the day, it's up to me. So, um, 
yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how this all works out, and and I guess we'll see uh, come race time if if it if it worked or not. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I I think that you're gonna have a great off season. I definitely hope that uh, we see you on the West Coast because Lord knows I go to more races on the West Coast than I'm able to go on the East. But uh, and uh, I'm just be speaking selfishly on that. But I like to watch you ride a motorcycle. But uh, yeah. um, before I let you go, my friend, a couple of rapid fire questions before I let you rattle off some sponsors for me. Sound good? Or do you know the sponsor list from the team yet? Ooh, I can I can try and wing it. I got a pitch I, in front of me, so I'll just read off of that. <laughs> boom! That's perfect. All right, so let's let's get to it. Favorite hockey player growing up? Oh gosh, um, this is gonna sound bad coming from Minnesota. I don't know many. I know Wayne Gretzky, so I'm gonna go with that. Hey, he is the great one after all. Uh, <laughs> what do you take in your coffee, if anything? Uh, vanilla caramel creamer. That's the best. Is that? Do you just take that because your girlfriend takes the same same thing? Probably. No, I, I love coffee, but I, I'm I'm a little bit of a wimp when it comes to coffee too. So. <laughs> I, I I drink a, a two two cream two sugars myself, so I can't exactly say that I'm drinking black coffee. Um, favorite <laughs> motocross video game growing up, without saying Reflex, because obviously that one's the best ever. Oh, that's easy. MX two thousand two. Yes. Dude, yeah, I have that, that game. One, that it one. is so much fun. That yeah, game that is, easy. yeah, that that game is 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 next level. Uh, <laughs> honestly, they could repackage that game with current riders, and I would still buy it. Um, yeah. Motocross video that you watched until it wouldn't play anymore as a kid. Oh, uh, the prospects from Moto Playground. Ooh, very good one. I was also yeah. going to say uh, uh, Gromageddon was also a good one, especially because he had a lot yeah. of young kids in there. That um, one, the, the prospects, man, I watched that so many times, and it, it finally quit working, and I was getting so mad because I, I keep trying to, to get it to to work, and it finally gave up on me. I was bummed. Well, I'm going to talk to Wes Williams in about 20 minutes, so maybe I'll get him to send you a copy. Yeah, that would be awesome. Awesome. Uh, next question. Um, oh, uh, what do you what did you, what do you miss most about mi- living in Minnesota? The ability to go watch uh, professional hockey games or being able to ride until nine thirty at night in the middle of summer because the sun the sun stays up so long. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not much into hockey, but uh, haven't been to actually a, a, a wild game. I've been to a couple of Dallas Stars games, but. Um, okay. Yeah, probably riding, riding late. There's actually one, one day my dad stayed up, uh, like he just built us this track and he watered it and got it all prepped for us. And then my brother and I didn't want to ride. So he was super bummed and he actually woke us up super early before school and we went riding before school one day. And that was, that was a pain, but. Yeah, it was, well, that's uh, the other side of the spectrum too, because it, like for those who don't know, if you live in California, your days are pretty much the same all the way throughout the year. I guess they're a little bit shorter in the summer, in the winter time, but here in the in the north, you can get in the middle of June, you get the longest day of the year where the sun comes up at four thirty in the morning, goes down yeah. at nine thirty at night. Yeah, for uh, like uh, getting get going riding before school, six a.m. Uh, starting up. What kind of bike were you on back then? Uh, I was on some CR85s. CR85s. 
10, uh, 11 or 12, something like that. Yeah. That was, that was a potent bike to be on, my friend. CRA. Oh, those things were, those things were fast. Just bone stock. We never did any motor work to them. Just stock and they were bone lethal. No kidding, man. That's, that's awesome. Well, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, I know you got a pit shirt in front of you, so let's rattle off those sponsors. I know they mean a lot to you. I think those are going to play a big role in your 2018 campaign. Yeah, uh, obviously. First, I just want to thank Will and and uh, Brad and Bobby from Star for giving me this opportunity because uh, yeah, things things didn't work out the way that they were supposed to this year, but um, I think it it ended up being uh, good for me. So uh, obviously, those guys in Star Racing, Yamaha, Yamalu, um, Thor, FMF, Bell, uh, Alpine Star, 100%, uh, ODI, Excel Rims. Uh, Matrix, Neckin, uh, my agent, um, you know, and and everybody who helped me get to here with the whole TLD team and and Tyla and and TK and just just that whole team for for sticking with me and 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 believing in me. Um, it's been a, a crazy couple of years, and I, I honestly don't think I'd be here without those guys. Awesome, my friend. Well, uh, yeah, you, you're you're no, never short on uh, on knowing where you came from and giving that appreciation, my friend. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. Definitely catch up again one uh, another time before uh, Anaheim one or whenever your first race of the year happens to be. Mitchell Oldenburg, you are one heck of a great interview. I really appreciate the time, my friend. Awesome, thank you. Hey everyone, let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like Zipper Lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Bryce Hudson, and when I'm not out there uh, mixing soap or twisting the throttle, I'm over here listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples. 
and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one-of-a-kind. The reason why they're one-of-a-kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. With us on the line from WPS Fly Racing and a very interesting question in 2017 Supercross, none other than Chris Cooksey. There is no crown. Chris Cooksey. How's it going, my friend? I'm doing all right, man. I've, I've fully recovered from the Dungey incident, and now I'm just trying to cover races and uh, and have some fun out there. I don't think there's any coming anything coming back from that. I think that Ryan Dungey retired from motocross so that he could start training MMA full time, so that he can find you in a dark alley somewhere and disembowel you with a wooden cooking spoon. Yeah, yeah, probably. And I'm going to go ahead and say thank you for handing me the mic. I really appreciate that and just parking no that problem. bus right on top of me. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, he's no I, I gave you the keys. I literally, <laughs> like, I put the gun in your hand, so to speak. You did. And you know what? That's fine. I do live in Vegas, but I'm 6'4", and I'm about 230, so good luck, Ryan. 
There you go. Yeah, you'd have to put on <laughs> some size and definitely some fighting skill if he wants to take you down, my friend. Uh, before we get into some Monster Energy talk, uh, let's talk a little bit about your role over at WPS Fly Racing. Amazing gear, best out there, bro. In my opinion, uh, just revolutionary as far as some of the ideas that you guys bring to the gear, whether it's the, the BOA system, whether it's some of the different, uh, the, the, the zipper lock and, and just the materials you guys use. You guys have really changed the game over the last few years, not only in materials, but styling. Dude, it, it, it really starts at the top, the way the whole company goes. I mean, Craig, the owner, believes it, loves it, and he, it's funny in our meetings, he, I don't think he ever really, you know, he doesn't really mention money. It's just passion about what we're doing, why we're doing it. And, and it trickles down. It really does. Uh, you'll notice the stuff on the fly pants. They're real functional features. You're not going to get some of those fluff features that look cool, but don't actually work. I mean, they got that track right outside there. They test that stuff. And if it doesn't work, believe me, it doesn't go on a pant. So it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it, it, the company, and if you look through the company, I, I worked for another distributor before this, and not that many people even rode. I'm like, it, it's weird at Western. If you don't ride, it, you're looked at as almost like a pariah. So, yeah, it's a great company, man. No kidding. If you're not a guy like Kyle Gills who just lines up for your average, like a supercross every once in a while, a couple outdoor nationals, you're just not uh, you're not suited to work at WPS Fly Racing. <laughs> well, you don't have to be Kyle Gills, but you do have to be an enthusiast. I mean, it's funny. I, I raced back in the day. I'm a little older now, but I still go to decent click. I mean, I'm better than average at the track. If I at my at my old distributor, I would easily be top three fastest in the company. If it were at Western, I don't even know if I'd make the night show. It's ridiculous. So that is serious. I, I like uh, put you on the spot in their primes, in their primes. Not now, because okay. most of them are out of shape, except for JT. He could rip me in half uh, just by looking at me. But um, NorCal, <laughs> Siebler, yourself, uh, Gills, and JT all line up. First of all, how long are you on the lead lap? B, who's your podium? Or how, what's your podium of, over those other four guys? <laughs> well, you forgot uh, Brock Sellards. <laughs> oh, Sellards, right, as well? Oh, yeah. Height, height of Brock Sellards, like 2000, no. Yeah, 2001 East Coast, when he actually rode, rode some, two, like I rode 250 a little bit. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's a good Brock Sellards. Okay, so these guys, everyone in their prime? In their prime. Well, so there's a good chance I would hole shot and easily launch off the side of the track. So I'm probably going to be off the lead lap by lap two. Um, Perfect. So you fade like a cheap suit. Oh, I'm gone. I'm already watching the race at this point. Um, yeah. Then I'm going to go. Like I'm going to go. Gosh, second. Well, I'm going to go podium. Gosh, Jeff Northrup has so much talent, but he never really did put it together. I got to go with Stellar. This is arena one. cross, though. It is arena cross, but Stellar did arena yeah, cross. Yeah, NorCal's good. Gosh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I got to go in an arena cross, NorCal, and then Sellards, and then, man, JT and Siebler, and if it were out, like a bigger Supercross track, I would go JT, of course, but I'm going to go, I'm gonna go I would go Siebler third. Fair so enough. Now, if it's a German Supercross, it's just JT, like, just 
shitting on everyone and everyone else has got to settle for second. But yeah, not uh, even close. that is a talented group of guys. Absolutely. J- J- JT Money, one fast customer when it comes to riding on Play-Doh. Oh my God, JT. Yeah, I don't know if you've played mad skills against him, but the guy can pretty much just do oh, yeah. whatever he wants. He's ridiculously talented. And yeah, he does Absolutely. look grumpy all the time. That's so funny, but... He's not. He's actually one of the nicest dudes out there, but I look over and I always have people going, is he mad? I'm like, no, that's just how he looks. That's JT. No. Don't worry. He's if only four want... foot 11. <laughs> that, yeah, anyone who's that short is always upset about it. That's just the reality of it. If, but if you seriously want to talk like upset, not happy about his life, JT money, all you have to do is ask him about Millville 2013. You know he does that VIP fan experience. Do you know who the only person was to have VIP experience that particular day was? Was it you? It was me. And I know you <laughs> probably don't remember that particular race. It was, uh, I think it was one of like the last times that we had James Stewart win an outdoor national with a 2-2 performance. No, a 1-3-1 one th- one, one performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Trey went across and they thought that Trey won, but those guys actually That's didn't right. pay attention to the scoring. So, yeah. Now, and if you paid extra attention, you'd realize that it was raining fucking sideways that entire moto, and me and JT were huddled on the hill next to the finish line like a couple of derps underneath an umbrella, and he's like, I can't believe I'm sitting here. I can't believe I'm sitting here. I can't believe I'm sitting here. Like, I I should be somewhere dry. This is dumb. Why am I here? And I was literally the only person, I'm like, well, I paid the 500 bucks, man. You're sitting with me. He's like, fuck this. (laughs) Oh yeah, well yeah. JT can get a little angry. Just you know, he does a little gambling, and that. I will definitely ask him about that. Yeah, yeah, and I'll probably get the same answer as when he loses a college football game. That's not a that's not fun to talk to him after he does that. So, yeah. no kidding. Yeah, I just for his sake, I hope that the Gators just lose every fucking game. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah. No, no malice towards uh, Jason whatsoever. I love. Oh that no, guy. he's, he's the nice man. Dude. Take take me under his wing and uh, and and give me the whole rundown while we were all there that on that fateful day. And always nice to chat chat with him. But we got you on the line, Chris Cooksey, the guy who like we talked about right off the top of the show. Very infamous as far as asking questions, and I'm about to ask you some questions. So I hope that you don't get as mad at me as Ryan Dungey was in February of, or January of 2000 and. Uh, 2017. 2017. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. It's pretty hard to get me mad. So, Perfect. All right. Well, we've already been laughing so far. So let, let's talk Monster Energy Cup. That's just only four or five days in our uh, in, in the rearview mirror. Still pretty fresh as far as, uh, what, uh, as what we're talking about, what we're thinking about. And I'm sure there's brand new fresh ink on a brand new check heading over to uh, Marvin Moosecan's house because they spelt the, the, his name wrong on the check. And to me... That is a small microcosm of the entire event. Would you agree? <laughs> I don't think everything was wrong. Uh, and I know we discussed a little <laughs> bit about this before the podcast. I don't right. think it needs a complete reboot like a lot of people are talking about. I do think there's definitely – that's embarrassing. I didn't realize they spelled his name wrong. Come on, guys. You can do better than that. Like, you had one it, job. The guy just won a million dollars. Spell his name right. I, I – that yeah. blows me away. I didn't realize that. That's put, that's actually kind put of put a number one on Eli Tomac's jersey. Come on, Max. Wait, that's not Max's job. Hold on. What? Tomac. You didn't realize that 
that Tomac, Tomac's jersey had a number three on it. He is number one for the weekend. Someone at Alpine Star had his head up his ass and put number three on the back of Tomac's jersey. <laughs> okay, I, jeez. Um, my buddy works for Alpine Star, and I have to think they probably, I don't know what, yeah, you're right. Maybe they just, I don't know. I guess it's my cause of them not really caring about that. But what was with that bike? I'm sorry. I know you like oh, that Kawasaki. That was not good. No, no, it no, looked, no, no. It, I, oh, that was... It looked like something off Craigslist, my man. It was yeah, not good. No, seriously. I think uh, um, the regular guy that they have doing graphic kits for uh, uh, for, for Kawasaki was out. Uh, he had diarrhea or something like that. They needed to get his like evil twin to come in, and he just kind of spray-painted the bike, put some green ones on it, and it was like, yeah, let's, like, OBO. Here we go. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was not good. Making an offer on this thing. Just just picked it up today. Like, um, it was it, it, it was uh, like I, if honestly like the, the, that bike didn't look good. Um, and honestly, and I, I like the, the the number ones on the jersey. Um, you, you it could easily be explained that he's kind of et three, and they're trying to keep that branding going. If that's what you want to do with that mistake, but either way, I think the number one has to be on that particular jersey. But um, it was just, it was unfortunate to see not as many world-class stars at, uh, at this particular event. I, I think the, the entry list was a little bit, uh, a little bit flat and I don't think it's at the fault of, of the monster energy cap. I think it was just circumstance of injuries, surgeries being had guys, not wanting to race it for whatever reason. Like, it was just kind of a, it was a perfect storm of shit. Yeah. And I, and honestly that entry as far list as attendance deal, goes. Well, as far as the spectators and go, Davey getting it was hurt, actually that's just a thing. Yeah, the spectators, I mean, this race doesn't normally pack like it does in May. But, yeah, it was a little bit light, and that had to do with, you know, some, some unfortunate things with that psycho, you know, of course. 10 days ahead of time. But of course. this race needs to be in November or December. There's there's no reason to have a yeah. Supercross warm-up this far out. Like, the guys just finished Motocross of Nations, which they see pushing yeah. that further and further. But if it were closer to the Supercross series, it could be a legitimate dry run. Right now, these guys are, shoot, they barely on their teams. I mean, that's everyone's really, talking. barely on their bikes. Like, you got yeah. guys like Brock Tickle that's been riding that bike for, what, two weeks, not even? And they're, like, mostly outdoors. Like, it's not, like, let yeah. them at least get, get used to their bike. And it's, it's, it's totally different for these guys. Well, and everybody wanted to see how Brock Tickle is going to be now that he's in the Baker's factory. Well, you know what? That camp doesn't even start till November first, so yeah, we don't he know yet. He's, he's probably shook hands with with uh, with Alden, and Alden said no more cheese. That's about it so far. Yeah, probably he just starved him the whole time before the race. But um, yeah, so that if they push it back, that's one thing. The other issue that I have personally is I do not like a three moto format. It's three main events. Why are they not putting a – I don't want to see $100,000 for the overall win. I want to see 75000 for each main event win. That way, if a guy goes down, there's real incentive not to just call it a night and get back out there and win $75,000 and block the guy from winning a million. By the time that third main event rolled around, you know, Tomac's out, Geyser's out, Bart, or, uh, Bogle's out. Nobody really – you know Jason Anderson – is he really going to push Marv? I mean, how awkward is training camp going to be if he takes that million from them and doesn't even win the overall? That's going to make for yeah, you know. I'm Remember not that saying night he, when you yeah. you when you took 
999 or 990,000 dollars or yeah. Uh, yeah. Just shot it whatever. Like $800,000 away from me in one night. Yeah. And, and remember? You know, yeah. <laughs> and it's not hey, believe me, and then, you know, it I'm sure Alden gets a piece of that, so he's not going to be happy either. So Exactly. You know, uh, so we all knew that and it was funny. It was funny hearing Daniel Blair and the announcers act like there was these pins and needles, but in reality, I didn't feel that same way and I didn't feel that same tension, but, but the race, yeah, well, I'll, I'll give you, you my other like, gripe. Like, oh. because you're an industry guy though, I'll just interrupt you for a half a second because you're in the know, because you kind of understand the politics of this and there's a few elements that maybe you know about that you, that most of the fans wouldn't know about. Do you feel like there was a little bit of anticipation? Like if we weren't knowledgeable individuals about this sport, would we have been on a little bit of pins and needles to see if Anderson like parked uh moose can, um, without really knowing the ins and outs of that program? Possibly, but um, I mean, from the people I talked to, because I talked to a lot of people that are just right. casual fans, and I didn't get that feeling. You know, when I go to my dealers, and you know, the guys only watch races when it comes to town, I didn't get that feeling. They all kind of felt like, as soon as you got the whole shot, yeah, no big deal, it's over. It wasn't, and it wasn't like Marvin was writing sketchy, even though that that rhythm section was ridiculously sketchy. He didn't seem to be making a lot of mistakes, and he wasn't one of those guys making you cringe every lap. So. You know, it, 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 no, I didn't, I don't think it did. So. Fair enough. Like, was there, the only thing that was making me cringe was seeing, uh, Tim Geister's suspension going through the rhythm sections, uh, because that was, uh, although there was some scrubbing going on, very scary to me. I, absolutely. I couldn't agree more as far as the suspension. With that said, what in the hell are they doing putting a rhythm section at the end of Monster Alley where they're coming in there at 65, 70 miles an hour? That's just stupid. I, 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 there's, I feel like a track could be technical or it could be fast. You cannot have both. It's just a recipe for disaster. At a race, you really, so you're trying to get these factories to lend you their stars for one race while they're prepping for Supercross. The last thing you want to do is put a dangerous obstacle that's going to have how many guys get hurt on it? Oh, totally. Yeah, that was, uh, and honestly, um, like you can call it cross jumping. You can call it getting, uh, going too far into the pocket and then just getting jumped sideways. But honestly, that's what indirectly caused, uh, Justin Bogle to have his crash is the fact that the rider in front of him got so deep into the pocket, sprung him to the left right into uh, Justin's front tire, and now he is faced with six weeks uh, of, of recovery because of, uh, in my opinion, a, a section that really didn't need to be there. Well, and not only was it dangerous coming in there, I don't know if anyone's ridden, anyone who's ridden on Las Vegas dirt understands it's almost unlike any other dirt in the country. And I know I've gotten a lot of comments from people in California saying, we deal with the same thing. I said, no. When, when I go to Milestone and these other tracks and they water them down, I can't believe how much traction there is. I'm waiting for it to feel like ice. In Las Vegas, it's ice. Then you come around the next lap, it's perfect. Then you come around the next lap. Within three laps, it can go from mud to dust. And I don't know that that happens and anywhere polished. else. And polished. Yeah. And that, and I don't know why they watered in the middle so much in between the jumps instead of just the jumps. And I don't blame Justin Heft at all. That I mean, he had to stretch it, and it just sent him that way. 
So, but yeah, that's another thing is if you're going to have those tricky sections, figure out a way to light, you know, maybe sprinkle a little water between each event. Don't soak it like you do the rest of the track. For sure. And now since like, since we got a guy who won a million dollars, Marvin Muskan, uh, goes out there and, and just delivers. I think that he, he had what would be considered a perfect night. 20, uh, 28 laps led, did what he had to do, uh, obviously didn't have as much uh, competition for the last two rides, but he, uh, he, he was the best guy on the night. Um, is it safe to say that you can put a crown on him as the champion for 2018 Supercross? Well... After the beating I took, I'm not putting any crowns on anyone. But he's he's and I did say this in the press conference. I did say Marvin, you're the guy because he's the guy right now. I mean, he basically was the most dominant rider halfway through outdoors, and after this performance here, and everyone's like, "Well, Eli crashed," but Marvin passed him before he crashed. Marvin forced him yeah. to ride out of that comfort zone. Marvin's the guy right now. Now, depending on what happens with Roxon, and I have seen Roxon ride. He showed up in Mesquite one day when I was just riding, and I watched him the first time, other than in Florida, he rode once or twice on the track. Putting is what he said. But by meanwhile, I've seen some fast pros out there, and he went faster than any of them on, on that track. So uh, I really think if his arm holds together, it's going to be interesting. I do think he'll win races. I don't know if he'll be consistent enough right off the bat to win the championship. But, yeah, Marvin's the guy. If I, you know, as much as Eli and actually Jason Anderson didn't like that question as he gave me a look of death <laughs> when I said that to, uh, to Marvin. Marvin is the guy in the offseason. Hey, yeah, absolutely. These guys are all delicate flowers, and uh, they need to have that uh, that chip on their shoulder to uh, to perform. They also need to have that confidence, and I think a com- the combination of uh, the, the the confidence of your program and knowing that things are clicking, as well as a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, knowing that uh, last year you were kind of second fiddle to a guy that had a big number one on your bike. I think there's a perfect storm for uh, for Marvin Muskan to do some special things in 2018. I'm not calling a championship like you are, but I'm definitely calling for um, just a guy who is more aware of his own skill set and a guy who's not afraid to uh, just ride to his potential. Because I think in the in the last couple of years, Marvin on a 450. He's kind of been like, I'm the new guy. I'm not here to like uh, upset anyone. I'll, I'll take my results as they come. Now he's here to race, and I think he's going to do it in a fast manner. And let's look at this straight. I'm not calling him the championship. I'm saying I'm if I had to pick, right, if I had to pick right now, I would take Marvin. Uh, obviously, we got a long ways to talk about it in bench race. But I'll tell you what: who nobody's talking about, like Baggett. Let's not forget how good he looked before his thumb injury. Oh, yeah, that guy. Um, and he can ride Supercross. He proved that last year, you know, other than a few errors. When he finally got a little bit of confidence, I mean, if he if he can get a good race in those first four races, who knows what he can do, you know? So, so there's actually, totally. instead of four guys, there's five guys that really could be there. But Marvin's a click above. Absolutely. Ever since Blake Baggett put down his just one helmet and actually started living life the right way with an F2 carbon on his head, uh, he's ridden with uh, more confidence and a whole lot more style. And uh, the the guy's going to be fast in 2018. And honestly, I think you're right. That's another guy who, when these guys believe they can win, and I think that he does, 
he's going to be able to uh, kind of dig deep and become another contender. Uh, as always, rolling into Anaheim, we're going to be talking about nine guys that can win the race. Yeah, let's not forget, he broke Eli. Did You, you got the memo on that, right? He did. He broke him. I saw that. I saw the moto, and I was filming the pass when it happened. Uh, like go, going down, and then he he uh, like I, I I didn't know what to name that kind of step down afterwards. I kind of called it a bit of a diving board, and he kind of gave me like, "What the hell's the diving board look?" Uh, so, but, but either way, uh, that was uh, yeah, that moto in Colorado, which I was there for, was uh, that was the breaking moment, and uh, unfortunately, not not long after, uh, there was a breaking moment of his. Wrist or his thumb, rather, and uh, the, it, it continued that way for quite some time for uh, for Bl- for Blake, who's now on the mend and uh, probably looking at having some uh, some good results in 2018. And I guarantee you, he's sitting at home fuming that uh, you know all these podcasts up until this point we hadn't talked about him. Nobody's talking about him, and it's got to be frustrating because nope. I mean, he really did look like a guy that was going to run away with that outdoor title. Although that man, I, and, and as much as him and Anderson don't like each other, Anderson did take him out. But man, Blake should have checked up. He really should have. So that was his own oh, fault. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I, I do agree. I think that was. Um, I think that was just a like that's that chip on uh, on his shoulder that he's had from the very beginning. I think that uh, the, there's a lot of angst. That is uh, is involved with, uh, with with Anderson's program. He rides with uh, a lot of attitude. He rides with a certain swagger, and I think that in the moment he can be uh, kind of he can kind of grab hold of that and use it, maybe not for good, uh, but uh, in in this in this occasion, evil. And uh, and that spelt uh, the end uh, of a pretty successful summer, and honestly, uh, the end of uh, a nail biter uh, championship for uh, for us as fans. Yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, so now the other big thing, the big story going into Monster Cup was Justin Barsha. What do you uh, What do you think of that, man? Um, I, I kind of it kind of went as expected uh, for me. Um, I think that just Justin uh, has has the best intentions of showing uh, a good results, and I think he wants to. He, he sees the writing on the wall that without some good performances and putting things on his back a little bit, he's not going to be able to uh, continue having uh, gainful employment in the sport of motocross. I think that uh, he was a bit uh, roll the clocks back t- uh, six months ago uh, was a little bit more um, confident as far as where he could find work. I think that there was a there's a, a an idea in his head that. Uh, uh, JGR was lucky to have him, and they'd bring him back no, no matter what. That wasn't the case. Uh, I think that he also thought that there'd be easy to find work in uh, the MXGP, and that's also not the case. And um, uh, kind of an 11th-hour deal coming together, um, building up a, uh, a bike that, uh, honestly, it had, uh, I think, a set of wheels on it, uh, some some moto stuff, brakes, pos- and, they, and, and twisted development, built him a motor, otherwise a very... Like a, uh, about as close to a stock machine as you can get without, without uh, uh, bolting on some uh, some A kit suspension and a work uh, work shock. Um, I think that uh, he wasn't comfortable out there. That showed, uh, especially after basically tearing the bike apart after the first practice. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, like, if, if honestly, if you're doing that many changes to a motorcycle, uh, it's it that that is not going to spell out to be uh, an awesome day for you. Regardless, I think that he he did well to. Complete each moto and, and not pull off, not 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 get uh, too frustrated about things as far as how things were going. Um, 
I was a little bit disappointed that his speed wasn't where it was, but I'm also not really surprised. I think, like I said, uh, an 11th hour deal like that, getting a bike together, like these guys are way too dialed in to just go out there on a, on a, a piece together, uh, 2018 Honda and expect things to go well. As far as the graphics, I thought that looked like puke and I wouldn't ride that if you paid me, but, uh, no, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, 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 the blue seat and the graphics that look a certain way when you turn the bars. Sorry, Chris, not a fan. Uh, and also, I think it would look a lot, whole lot better in flag gear. Oh, I don't argue that at all. But flag gear for the guys that get. I, that's why I threw that. I, I threw that. <laughs> I threw that in at the end just so we can find some common ground there. But yeah, uh, yeah that's what I thought about uh, Barsha's day. So I compared Justin Barsha. Now you've been around motocross quite a lot. Do you remember Damon Huffman's career path? Uh, I believe of course, he is he the modern, right? Yeah. Hey, you might have Barsha up there pretty soon. I do believe his career path is literally exactly like that. Tons of talent. There's, hey, two, and two and even two championships. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Two two titles in the in the Supercross, you know, in the lights or one twenty five or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Huffman only had one win. First turned. Barsha had two, and yeah. uh, and they both are you kind of expected a lot, and then they just sputtered out so definitely i I think that uh for different reasons i think that damon was a bit of a uh, he thought a little bit too much about things i think justin sometimes thinks a little bit too little about things um more of a simplistic mindset when it comes to to racing uh and and maybe a little bit more emotional than a than a damon huffman i don't think that we're gonna see uh justin barsha on a moto triple x honda although that would be amazing (laughs) um i actually brought that up to jordan burns and he said he would have to sell his castle for that to happen Um, but uh but this yeah. bike he was on was a basically a modern day version of what a Moto Triple X would be. So a lot oh, of similarities, totally. but yeah, yeah, completely different guys. I don't think Huffman was nearly as dirty on track or whatever. But I just look at their careers and I thought they were very similar and they paralleled each other quite yeah. a bit. So. Actually, I think that's that would be totally right. I think if if Blackfoot Honda brings back two strokes, 2018 <laughs> outdoors, that with, with Barsha just like rev limiter. Like 252 stroke. I honestly like on a Honda two stroke, which would be dated, but that'd still be cool. Um, yeah, I like that. Like, sign me up for that. I would watch that every day of the week. Oh, I think we all would. But Brad, you got to let it go, man. I think two strokes are gone. I nope. see. I see. Nope, nope. Not all over your Facebook. Go. You got to let it go. The next is the next know, is electric. It's, it's not two stroke. So uh, I I hate you for saying that. Um, I hate you so much for saying that, but uh, um, yeah, you're probably right. The the, the days of, of mixing gas, hauling ass, will probably be left to the weekend warriors that uh, do so for budgeting reasons more than racing reasons. But uh, um, yeah, honestly, I think that um, unfortunately, due to the uh, upcoming injury to somebody in Supercross, um, I, I definitely see uh, Justin Barsha finding work. Um, whether it be with, uh, get, getting back at Yamaha, I think, I know he already turned down that ride, um, for a one-time deal. I could also see him maybe get receiving a phone call from one, uh, Tony Alessi and riding a Honda un- under a, maybe a little bit more polished program than a, uh, than a privateer bike. Um, Honda, like I, I could honestly, I like, couldn't really totally see that but it's not totally out of the possibility um where where do you see his 2018 going 
right now, I do know after Monster Cup was over, he has already been on the Yamaha. Uh, that injury to wow. the injury to Millsaps is pretty bad. Uh, from what I, I think heard, that's career ending, if if you ask me. What's that? I think that might be career ending, if you ask me. Uh, I think that's why they have somebody on the bike now. And, and Barsha was testing it, and they're going to test some other guys too. But I do know he tested it, and. That, yeah, that injury, the elbow, I guess, is pretty bad. But I think the thing they're really worried about is I heard, and this is all secondhand, he was unconscious for over four minutes. So uh, I just, and he was getting near the end. I don't know. Man, I like Davey, too, and I think I like his oh, yeah. style. And, and being a big man, I always cheer for the big men. But, I mean, I want to see a guy that's had an injury like that. That's If he, if he needs to, sit it out. So. Yeah, yeah it's gnarly, absolutely. And yeah, I I see Barsha. Right. I see Barsha definitely getting a fill in, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him on that Yamaha if he can find the speed. They're not going to put him on that bike unless he can show some speed. Definitely, and uh, um, I think if if both him and Cooper Webb are on Team Yamaha together, they may set some sort of a uh, I don't know if they've ever kept the stats on this, but some sort of record for most takeouts in one season by a team. Yeah. So. Yeah, and if they do that, I kind of have a little theory on this, and you being a Canadian hockey guy, I would think they'd probably put it in Barsha's contract that he's technically the enforcer, and he's there to protect yes. Cooper. So, I think so, and I think that he would do a very good job of that. He would be the Gary Semenko on that line. 100%. I don't know who that guy is, but yeah, he'll be that guy. <laughs> he used to protect. He he was one of the only guys that was uh, traded with Wayne Gretzky over to the LA oh, Kings. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. To get into fights. Yeah, those dudes are scary. Yes. Gary Semenko, uh, God, uh, rest in peace, actually died earlier this year, most likely due to complications with CTE and head injuries. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think um, Davey Millsaps, so, like, I was saddened to hear that, mainly because I've, I've been a Davey fan uh, since before he even turned pro. I remember w- looking at all of his pictures and watching video of him racing 12, 13, 14, 15 coming up. I was actually at his very first Supercross race, which actually he ended up having to wait until Minneapolis that year to race on a 125 RM, which was never a good idea uh, <laughs> for that guy of his of his size. But I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, as tall as he was, as strong as he was, even at 16 years old, that kid looked like a deer in the headlights uh walking into that particular race and uh but uh, a great career for for Davey and I hope his days aren't completely done but if they are he uh he gave us a lot well I suppose, yeah I remember that he used to run like the bar pad on his helmet and uh you know and it, that was a big deal they he missed the date by like one week on that supercross and he was talking some mad trash like he was going to come out and just dominate right off the bat and he did put a lot of pressure on himself, but that was a young, bold, he, you know, that was a young, bold guy. He, he he was a lot of fun to watch, so. No kidding. Uh, like, uh, making a splash on the same year where, uh, at the same event, where James Stewart set the fastest lap time by over a second on a KX 125 over the the even like the 250 winner of that particular race which was of course chad reed and uh yeah i think uh, the only guy that was making a 125 do anything was the pint size james stewart which uh um i think there's a higher chance ability that we see davy line up for another race uh, more than we see james at any point but uh yeah both those guys amazing have you heard anything on james and mookie i know they're the big mystery but apparently they claim there's something going on 
I've heard Hondas. Um, I have heard that, uh, like the ride three, six, five, uh, racing program on like, like similar, like same truck. Um, and, uh, I know that Malcolm wants to be racing out of that. I, I know he's been riding a Honda, uh, and riding it more frequently recently. So that's exciting to hear. Um, but as far as James riding, like, I, I, I haven't heard anything about James riding a motorcycle. Uh, I, I've heard of him not going to particular ride days or things that have been signed up for him. Um, I've heard of him uh, committing to certain events and then just not texting back, which is concerning. I think that's something that, like, uh, yeah, that, that shouldn't happen within a sport. But, yeah, anyway, uh, no, I honestly, other, other than Hondas and Ride365 um, being a, like, the racing program that Mookie was running out of last year uh, during Supercross would be kind of like the home base. I think that's about as much as I know. Hey, can we go back to Monster Cup? You said you thought the event was kind of boring this year. What would you do to change it? Uh, honestly, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I the the I wouldn't change a ton, other than the fact that I really don't see uh, the Joker Lane ever coming into much effect, other than uh, one of the funniest moments in motocross history when Ryan Villapoto told Ryan Dungey <laughs> that he mixed it, smacked him on the head, and then immediately we looked around for somebody else to tell because that was like literally he was looking like. Like, get a load of this jackass. And that that's literally <laughs> the thought that was going through uh, Villapoto's mind, which I, I commend him for having that type of uh, um, mentality in in a, in a moment like that. But honestly, I honestly, like, the, the Joker Lane takes up too much room on a track where, uh, like, we it takes up dirt, it takes up room. I don't want to see it anymore. Uh, I don't think it really helps. I don't think it really is used by any, with any strategy. Guys just figure out when they should take it. They take it then, and then it never really plays much factor other than, like, this time you could – if you were behind someone that you really needed to pass that you couldn't quite get around, you could duck in there, make a pass, and then hopefully make some time up on them. Uh, but like that, that was the only strategy with that. And I don't think it really worked. So I would take out the Joker lane. I like the three heats. I would change the purse, uh, like you said earlier. Maybe that was off air. I think uh, make it so that each race is seventy five thousand dollars or something like, or fifty thousand dollars to race each one, so you don't have guys that uh, sprain their ankle on the first ride or like they hurt their pinky and they don't ride the rest of the night um, because they they can't win the overall. Uh, and also, I would. Uh, um, like the the super minis, I love the super minis. I think that uh, the only thing that really hampered those kids was the 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 same thing that hampered the the, the top level pros. That straight uh, that uh, coming out of Monster Alley into that uh, rhythm section really did not help those kids. But uh, honestly, it was the best racing of the whole night. Uh, as far as that particular class was the most entertaining. Uh, I love the amateur all stars. I think it's a great opportunity for them to um, to showcase. Uh, I think that if I, I would love to see more kids riding like uh, in that particular class uh there was a couple of guys that were kind of missing maybe it was injuries maybe it was something else but uh um i just i i i don't like the the i don't really like the joker lane and i would take the the date and i would slide it to the week before bercy supercross or paris supercross whatever you want to call it because i think that event is something that a lot more riders kind of like key key up on and uh it would be a race that kind of like gets them ready before they go over to that event or vice versa, something like that. Something closer to the end of November, early December. Yeah, that's yeah, that sounds pretty solid. And then they'll actually have a lot better weather to do that here pretty soon because we've got that new stadium that's being, being built for the Raiders, which will be a closed-roof stadium. So 
that should be a real option here in what 1920 whenever we're done. Um, but I also want to remind you too, at that point, the moment you're talking about where Dungey forgot, it was kind of ironic. The next one is the one where Villapoto forgot and then missed the quad thinking about it and just knocked himself out. So yeah, yes, I think the, joke, the Joker lane's got to go. Yeah, the Joker lane's got to go. I'm okay with it that. Just, it doesn't really offer anything. Like the guys either take it last lap or they they take it super early. It never really seems to like it. Never does what they want it to. And that's the thing about motocross is that it's such like a, a, a like there's so many variables flying around is that you can't really put it in a box. You have to just line them up, let them race. Yeah, and then I know you're a huge two-stroke fan, so you'll like this idea. I do believe they should replace the super minis with a two-stroke class, similar to how Monster Cup or uh, how the MGM brought in four-strokes back in the day. And, yeah, I get that they're not coming back, and it is a spectacle. But, yeah, get stank-dogging these guys all out there. It doesn't matter who. Yeah. And throw a little purse money and, and fill up the time that took the super minis because as much as I love watching those kids on the super minis, I feel guilty watching them because I know how much danger they're putting themselves in. A bunch of kids going through puberty that have no fear in front of that many fans, just pulling the trigger. Yeah. It's like if you if you told some of those kids, "Hey, you got about a twelve percent chance to make this," they'd be like, "All right, I'm sending it." You know, they just go for it. And it, totally. like I said, and it, that like I don't even remember who it was that like the one kid like four years ago put his leg on backwards. Like, did that kid ever even come back from that? I don't know, but it's it's, it's kind of horrifying to watch in the sense that you and I, and we know what happens after the lights go off and the injuries and the rehabilitations. And these kids are young and I just don't, I don't want to do that to them. And I almost feel guilty watching it as much as you're right. They were the best show all night. So, but yeah, I think they should, you know, alternate a few things like that, get rid of the rhythm or get rid of the Joker, but I don't think the race should go away. I don't think it's run its course. I just think they need to tweak it a little bit. I think you're right. I think maybe if maybe the uh, uh, if the the situation would be to ha- if you're going to have the the mini kids in there, I know there's a lot of kids that kind of are on the bubble as far as like I know uh, um, uh, Jet Reynolds could possibly be on a, on a 250 right away. Uh, I think he's already been riding one a little bit. Uh, same thing with I think that's why we didn't see uh, Styles Robertson. He's recently made a switch. If you were to take those guys instead of being on a super mini, you put them on a on a 125 two stroke. You can't tell me that Kawasaki can't find a few laying around that they can build up. Same thing with Suzuki. They get like not that they have a lot of athletes riding uh, uh, on, on an 80, so to speak, or a super mini. Put those kids on 125s. Now you've got a longer wheelbase. Now you have a little bit more stable of a motorcycle, one that's more equipped for Supercross. I think that might be uh, a better option than the Super Minis. But I still love the Super Minis, man. Just let, let me watch a, 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 a 100cc te- like 15-year-old throwing uh, throwing a whip over a 75-foot triple. That's just good entertainment. I couldn't agree more. But like I said, I watch it with yeah. a little bit of guilt. So yeah. Exactly. Like watching yeah. somebody in UFC just take this nasty knockout where I love watching it, but I also know, oh man, that poor guy. <laughs> so. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, but we're, we, we love to watch car crashes like that. But, uh, and honestly, the, the, the kids, uh, the biggest crashes were from the, the top level pros. Most of the kids that ended up having any crashes this last weekend was either a couple of mistimed, uh, 
uh, rhythm sections, a couple of, like, they, they hit the deck, but not really all that hard, honestly, and a couple of tip-overs and a couple of corners. It wasn't like the first year where uh, every kid tried to jump the finish line on the first lap, and it was like picking up motorcycles after that. It was, it was for the most part, pretty safe. Yeah, those those first couple practice sessions, there was some pretty good get-offs, and I don't know how the kids ended up, but I know that uh, that okay. mule that hauls them off, it, it took quite a few trips out there, so... Okay, fair enough. Well, maybe I, 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 that was kind of the one thing I, I uh, was hoping for. I, I didn't get to see a lot of, I didn't get to see a race day live, so that would have been cool to see that. I think that, honestly, for me as a fan, uh, that that's my favorite part of the day is getting to watch the guys kind of sort out the bike, sort out the track uh, during practice because that's when you really see these guys like they go from barely like rolling around the track to uh, all right, send, 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 um, all the way around the track. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, and with that said, Eli, all weekend looked awful on press day. He did, that, though. That was the first thing I, th- I, th- I, I totally – sorry to interrupt you. But in those first few laps that he jumped, like, if you replay that moto, he doesn't downside anything. He either comes up short or at least 10 feet long everywhere. And on press day, he, like, he did the same thing. He didn't hit anything right. And I was like, jeez. But then again, Eli, it, it looked like whoever rode his bike in New Jersey was on it again. It just didn't look right. And it, it's so weird to have a guy look like amazing, super clean, and then just have two sections that he just looks like Ronnie Mack. I, I don't understand how, how it can go that different. The crash that he had, I understand that. That's that biggest dirt that I was taught, that I was telling you about. That's just, and especially there, there was a little bit of a shadow. And it just slid out off that little jump and high sided. But the the rhythm sections where he was just coming up short and long and just uncomfortable. I don't, I don't know. I know these guys keep saying set up, set up, set up. It couldn't be that much different than when he wins. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, with him. I think I I. I mm. He just seemed rusty to me. I and I, I think like, I don't know. Like maybe that's just my take on it but he just seemed rusty and like that it, it makes sense because he was working on an uh, outdoor championship right down on the nail and maybe hasn't had that many t- uh, many days on supercross but uh yeah well, uh, he just seemed rusty he should have been timing off and yeah yeah he should have been well practiced up because he did take off the designation the so we could get ready go, for yeah, it i mean no yeah, no excuses there off for that five laps like uh had to, had to make sure he was ready Oh man, uh, that, that's unfortunate. I, 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 I lo- and like, and I, I know you're a, a fan of like uh, Paul Vemex and, and Steve Show as much as oh, I am. Yeah. I love all For Steve's sure. work and the way he was like the, like the reality is you and I could probably like if if I if for off the top of your head podiums from every Monster Energy Cup for the la- over the last five years, could you do it? Podiums? Podiums. Winners is easy. We just literally had the Yeah, winners I literally could easily do. Yeah. No, I don't know I don't know that I could do podiums, but I could give you moments from probably every race. The problem is a lot of times in the off season it seems like I always had something going. Go figure the one race that's in my own backyard and I've missed it more than I have a lot of other races, so there you but go. Yeah. But as far as like uh, who won the nineteen or who got second in uh, the nineteen ninety nine more across the nations, most people would be able to tell you that that was France. Yeah, and I and you know I, agree. I mean? and like that's just that's just a fun race. Like I 
I wake up at 3 a.m. I really want to go see one in Europe. But I mean, I wake up at 3 a.m. with my red, white, and blue to watch that race. And I just yeah. want, I want, I want our team to care as much as I do. And totally. I used, I used to get so mad at Dungey and just, I, I would rather hit, and, and I'm okay with us sending a team that might not be the best team if they want to be there. And I felt like that this year. I wasn't mad at the guys at all. And I know they took some heat, but as long as they go and give it their all, but Dungey used to make me so mad in the sense that he'd go over there and it looked like he didn't want to be there. So he rode half-assed. So, but yeah, I, I, I but that, that race. Okay. Giuseppe needs to move that race a little bit closer to the end of the nationals because the USA, yes. whether or not they like it, it's USA versus the world. And if USA is not there, that's not a big race. Um, yeah, so the they've got to come to a common the ground there, move Monster Cup back, get these guys a real off season. I don't know why all yeah. these sponsors and everybody can't get on the same page there. I mean, everybody wants a little bit of a break. And, and when we have a break, it, it just makes it – it just makes it more fun when you come back to it. And yeah, we all miss it, but yeah, yeah we need but wouldn't it. that also make more sense for like, uh, for sponsorship and contracts that like, there's not this like weird disjointed, like two weeks where like, all right, uh, we can't announce that so-and-so's out of the team, uh, and he can't ride the bike until October 1st. Uh, so like he's got no bike for three weeks and he's kind of got an off season. So he'll go to Jamaica or whatever for, for two weeks and then come back and then like super cross test like a madman before M- uh, Monster Energy Cup and then like take another two weeks off and then then go into like crazy boot camp until about two weeks before Christmas, and then hopefully not putting it on too many pounds before uh, before during uh, like during Christmas, and then come back the week after Christmas and go boom, seventeen rounds of Supercross. Yes, every other sport that I can think of has a legitimate that that requires a severe physical use from a rider or you know participant. They all have an off season. We need one. Yeah, even golf. Even golf, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, and that's when that's when you can actually have like people can sit down and have a conversation about contracts for next year or iron out the details of of things that they've been talking about uh, during during the week leading up to that. Like that's when things can be put in place. Whereas now things get rushed and you end up having the number three on the back of the number one guy's jersey. <laughs> yeah, that's embarrassing. At the that's how these level. mistakes get happen. That's how these mistakes happen, Chris. And for the record, Max from Fly would have been there with a number one. There's no chance he would have screwed that up. That's no, my guy. And Max from I Fly. Doubt- yes. Absolutely. Max has done my jerseys in the past. He's done a great job with them. Always gets that number 95 just centered up perfect the way I like it. And, uh, yeah, honestly, honestly as You've far had as Max to your gear jersey? service – Heck how yeah! Did, like, how did uh, you swing that? I've never. I'm not. Yeah. Wow. You're royalty, dude. Dude, this is a fly racing podcast. Four years in a row. Dude, I've worked for him for quite a while. Hung out there, and I. Not that I've ever asked, but you know what? Max is so See, busy. You just haven't asked. You just haven't asked. That's true. I think you know what, though? But the thing is, is does I he don't at least send add. you the things that you can iron on yourself? I. Once again, I haven't even asked. I actually, I just asked JT uh, recently. I said, "Hey, while you're in the office, see, you'd iron one out for me." So he's probably actually just going to have Max do it. But exactly. We'll see. No, yeah. you're cookies. Yeah. You're in. You're fine. <laughs> cookies. I love it. Oh, I'm I, back I, in junior, if, back if in I'm doing high. your jerseys, it says it, it's it's cookies for sure. Like, there's no. 
Like, and I'm spelling it with a K. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, all day long. Yeah, that's exactly uh, who you'd be. Chris, it's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast, my friend. Kept you a whole lot longer than I, I th- ever thought I would or, or that I even told you I might. I actually didn't really tell you how long this would be. But uh, uh, I think we uncovered some gold here. I think this is going to be some good listening. And honestly, if, if it's not, I, I, uh, I expect my listeners to give you a good ration of crap. So if you don't receive that ration of crap, I guess uh, smiles all around. Actually, I would rather they give me crap because – like, just like after the whole Dungey thing, I don't care. Love me, hate me, but listen to me. <laughs> hey, absolutely. Uh, Mr. Cookies, your Christie's is pretty good, my friend. Uh, I really appreciate <laughs> you giving me some time, my friend. Uh, where can people fo- follow you on social media so they can keep up on all things Chris Cooksey and whenever you happen um, to put your foot in your mouth? <laughs> that Which happens quite a bit. Uh, you can follow Thank me you. on Facebook. You can hit me up. I'm... You know, I don't do a ton on social media. I'm working out. I worked last year freelance for Thumper Talk. I'll be doing some stuff for them this year, and I might be announcing something here pretty soon with a, a mutual friend of ours. And uh, just trying to, you know, like I said, I, I my main job is Western Power Sports as a rep, but I, you know, I, I really, really enjoy covering races and, and being out there. So, um Really, I don't have a lot of uh, social media posts right now other than just Facebook and then Instagram at Cook6161. Hit me up there. And uh, appreciate it, man. It's It's been a blast talking to you. Absolutely. We'll, we'll chat again soon on air or off air. We'll, we'll, we'll conversate a whole lot more than we have in the past uh, after this. I think this was a lot of fun, my friend. And uh, yeah, as always, uh, best, best, uh, best in the, in the, the years to come. And uh, really appreciate the time. You got it, sir. I'll talk to you later.